This is the Hidden Wire Podcast, episode 595, my solo rant, work with people you want to work with. When you please others in hopes of being accepted, you lose your self-worth in the process. That is a quote by Dave Helzer. G'day and welcome to the Hidden Wire Podcast, Lee Martin, the host of the show. How the heck are you? I hope you're well, guys. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. This is my solo rant. Guys, my solo rant, every week I get to share something that I've been thinking about, something that I have learned. Maybe it's an idea or thought. Today I'm sharing something that I wrote about some time ago to hopefully inspire you, educate you, assist you to live your life with greater freedom, fulfillment, and happiness. That's what it's about here at the Hidden Wire Podcast. Guys, if you'd like to support the show, you can do that by leaving us a review on iTunes. You can also reach out to me directly through email, through social media. And if you'd really like to support me, guys, at the moment, I am working on publishing a book, The Ultimate Life Map. I've been talking about it for a while now. It's going to happen. But if you can support the show, if you can spare a moment, jump onto theultimatelifemap.com. Enter your email address there so you can be kept up to date with the launch of that book. Other than that, guys, I hope you're very well. Tune into this episode. It is about working with people that you want to work with. It's about being with people that you want to be with, associating with the right people. Our relationships are a fundamental human need, but the quality of our relationships won't be enhanced by fitting in for the sake of fitting in. We need to be mindful of who we spend our time with, and we don't need to adjust our style, our way, our values to try and fit in, to try and create that sense of belonging. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this show. G'day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this podcast. This is my solo show. Today, I'm talking about why it's important to work with people you want to work with. And these are thoughts from a real estate agent perspective. Guys, I have some howling dogs outside this window at the moment. I'm not sure what's going on over there, but you'll probably hear that in the background. It's a little bit of entertainment, a little bit of distraction for you. I hope it doesn't bother you too much. Guys, so I've spent a lot of time, I've spent a lot of my energy trying to please everyone in my life, and I'm sure you can relate to that. Trying to be accepted, trying to fit in, trying to be liked. And what I've realized is that I had to change my ways at some point along the way. And my experience as a real estate agent really opened my mind to that. Um, Not to mention the work that I've done in personal development, it continually sends out this message, surround yourself by those people that you want to be surrounded by, be you know, associate with people that are going to be conducive to the path forward that you want to travel on, not the people that are going to hold you back. So what I did, I began to eliminate those people. I began to eliminate those I didn't want to work with, play with, be with, progress with, achieve with, and even love. And it's kind of an elimination tactic that I believe will help anyone thrive. And here's why. Here's my story from a real estate agent's perspective. Now, just before I get into this, actually, I have written an article on this, guys. You can check it out. I'll link it to the show notes for this episode, episode 595. If you wish to have a bit of a read of that, that would be great. So as a real estate agent, I have to deal with people every day. That's a big part of the role. Actually, we all have to deal with people every day. That is, it's a fundamental need. It's, it's fundamental for our survival, our relationships in our life. And so this is really, really important. It's not just about being a real estate agent, but there is a crossover here. And I'm going to share my experience as a real estate agent. Now, a big part of my job as a real estate agent was to ask people for their business, to select me as the agent to sell their house. For me, the ultimate goal was obviously to support my family, to create a living for myself. However, 
I definitely wanted to do the best job I could. It didn't make sense to just go in there half-heartedly and try and win business because as a real estate agent, you do get paid quite significantly for doing a good job and getting people a good price for their property. It's a big commitment to choose an agent because you have to, you know, you're dealing with one of your largest assets, perhaps the largest asset you'll ever have in your lifetime. So to select that right agent to to honor you in selling it um, to someone else is, is a big, big commitment. So absolutely, you know, as an agent, I wanted to do the best job I could. I wanted to provide excellent service. I wanted to be open, transparent, and really provide good, honest communication and in doing so, hopefully work with the client together to get the best price for their property in the shortest amount of time. So that's sort of the goal um, that I went into, you know, real estate agent, um, residential sales with, that's the goal. So I suppose most agents start out with this authentic approach to sales. But I believe that what happens in the industry, at least from my stance, what I experienced myself, but what I observed more predominantly in the industry is that people become conditioned. They forget why they entered the industry in the first place. And what happens over time is they become desperate. um, And in doing so, they might begin to tell lies. They might create false hope, set high expectations that cannot be met. They lose touch with their core values. They become less integral with what they really believe in. It becomes a bit more about the transaction and less about the importance of the relationship. And in all honesty, in part, it did happen to me also. If I reflect back and look over some of the the months that I was in real estate, in, in my real estate career, I certainly noticed a pattern. And, and for a six-month period, period where I had uh, probably the busiest six months of my career, I had a high amount of sales for that particular period but I had an equal amount of properties that didn't sell. So either the property didn't sell because they withdrew their home from purchase, uh, perhaps they signed up with another agent, or maybe they just sat on the market unmotivated without any effort to really sell their homes and they just sat there for that period of time. Whatever the case is that half listed sold, another half that listed did not sell. Now I have really had to assess why this was the case because it was quite fascinating for me and That was sort of in my first part of my career and and later on I had to change my ways because I just couldn't make the sense of why I would spend half my time working with people that weren't actually going to sell anyway. But see what happened, I became very competitive. There's a lot of competition in, in the real estate industry and I wanted to list every property that I could. So when I got in there, I'd do whatever I could to get the property on the market. So that meant if the property owner didn't want to commit financially, to the marketing of their property, they didn't have to. I could list them and put them on the market. If the property owner wasn't motivated, um, that was fine. I would just put them on the market because the more properties I had on the market, the better it made me look in the eyes of other potential sellers. It's kind of a strategy um, that can work, uh, but what I realized, it wasn't a strategy that I wanted to pursue, and I'll explain that in a little bit more detail as to why I didn't really want to pursue that. There are a few other reasons why this happens. I mean, you'll go out there and a property owner will say that they want X price. um, And if you really believe that they can't get that price, even against my best advice, sometimes I would tell them that probably that's a little bit of a stretch uh, from where the market is currently sitting. But because I wanted to get their property on the market, I just agree, get them on the market and list it for an unreasonable price. Now, 
there's a couple of things that sell a property. Number one is the property's got to be in a good state of repair. Um, you can certainly sell any property as long as it meets the market price. So even if a property is, is in rubbish condition, um, you can still sell it, you know, for the right price, anything's going to sell. So what I know is that if you can list a property for a, a fair market value and you have a buyer that you can attract to the property through good marketing efforts, then you should be able to get a sale. Now, either the offer that comes in will be out of the price range that the seller was trying to expect, and then you can negotiate a deal, or perhaps if the seller is unmotivated and they just want to stick to their price, then they might sit there for a long time. And that's certainly what I found with a lot of the sellers that I had that didn't sell in that six-month period. They just had unrealistic expectations, and that can certainly happen. And look, as an agent, you want to give the honest uh, advice when listing a property. Uh, you know, um, really by by law, you should give the the best and most honest price. Um, but sometimes you might get it wrong, and sometimes you know you might just say, "Yep, look, let's go for it. Let's give it a let's just try um, to try and please the seller." So that's, that's pretty much how it works. And look, just in looking at that period of my real estate career, I had to just go, well, why would I spend my time and energy with all these property owners that had unrealistic expectations um, that caused me more trouble, grief, time, and effort than the actual owners that wanted to list with me, that wanted to work with me, that, that appreciated my efforts and my strategies, my methods in selling houses. And you know, those are the owners that actually sold their properties. So it just didn't make sense. And I sort of had to look at the Pareto, um, Pareto principle, which says that you know 80% of your efforts lead to 20% of your results and 20% of your efforts lead to 80% of your results. So I looked at that and thought, well, why would I spend you know, a lot of my time, it wasn't 80% of my time, but a lot of my time dealing with properties that were giving me 20% of the results rather than spending... Uh, more of my time with the the results that were coming through. So spending more of my time with the actual people that wanted to list their property with me, that wanted to work with me, that trusted my methodologies, that were realistic themselves, that had realistic expectations. Why not spend more time trying to list and sell those properties than spending all this time running around trying to please the unpleasable? You see, what I found is that those people that had unrealistic expectations, those people that I just chose to list, and it is my fault as well, those people that I just chose to list um, to have more property on the market, I ended up finding that it was hard to please them. I couldn't do anything to please them. And that's number one is because they had the wrong expectations. And I went in there um, and out of lack of integrity to my own values, I just agreed with them. I was a yes man. I just said yes to their demands. And in doing so, I had to sort of change my ways. I had to change my process. And it wasn't really what I was all about. And it sort of, uh, it created this this friction between myself and that seller. And, you know, there was just a lot more work. I mean, there's a fair amount of work that goes into selling properties anyway, because you have to give good communication ongoing. You have to deal with buyers. But those property owners that just weren't um, in a position to sell weren't being realistic, you're still spending that time. Plus, they're starting to go, well, hang on, who is this guy? They said we could sell and et cetera, et cetera, and nothing's coming through. And that might be because 
you know, if you have a price that's way too high, no one's going to inquire on it. It might be because they financially didn't want to commit to the marketing of their property, so they're just not attracting enough attention to their property. There's a number of reasons why that might be might happen, but you see what happens here is that when they list a property, then they're looking around them going, you know, what's this agent doing? And then they start questioning the agent. So that actually causes you more time and energy and stress. And it's just really, it wasn't a pleasant process. And really that's the assessment that I came down to. I looked at that six months and said, half the properties I listed, they were generally buyers that had realistic expectations that were committed to me. They were committed to, you know, putting in some efforts to the marketing of their property. Um, they were they were legitimate uh, sellers, I suppose you'd call it. The other half that I listed uh, for the sake of getting their property on the market, they weren't selling. You know, they had unrealistic price expectations. They weren't financially going to commit to the sale of the property. Generally, you know, a lot of those properties um, didn't even commit to you know presenting their properties in a nice manner. Um, so a lot of these these factors just weren't working for them, uh, and they weren't working for me. And and they actually caused me in that six months more stress. If I didn't have those properties, I would have still got probably the same results, um, and I would have been less stressful, and I would have had more time and energy to do other things that I love, either spending it with my family or you know trying to um, meet new property sellers that were legitimately wanting to sell. So that's my assessment. And look, I suppose. In the conclusion of that is that we we can't you know become a yes man, someone who aims to please everyone by saying yes regardless of whether it is integral to our beliefs and values. We often say yes in fear of rejection. We say yes because we are desperate. We say yes because we don't want to hurt someone's feelings. Saying yes to all these external demands beyond our best judgment, will remove us from the alignment with ourself. It will take us away from who we really are and it will affect our self-worth in the long run. And that's certainly the experience I had in that six months. So I want to say that you know, when dealing with people we don't want to work with or associate with, we spend so much time and energy in trying to influence them to our ways and they do the same to us. But if we never saw eye to eye in the first place, then why do we begin that relationship? And not only in the real estate uh, agent context that I'm talking about here, but in any relationship. Why would we go into a relationship where we don't see eye to eye? It's okay not to be in that relationship. You know, it's okay not to fit in to that group. You know, we do have a place. There are relationships around us that will work. Um, so I, I just don't understand why we do that. And that's certainly why I think it's important to eliminate those relationships, eliminate those people that we don't want to work with and shift our focus, stop trying to fit in and stop trying to be someone you're not because what happens when you try to fit in, you generally become someone who you're not. You behave differently um, for the sake of fitting in. Look, not everyone has to be our friend. Not everyone has to do business with us. Um, We don't have to try to please everyone and I think that was a really good lesson for me that six months of my life and it made me you know, realize that who gives a rat's ass who we're hanging around with, you know? If they're not for us, if they don't align with what we're about, both in business or in our personal lives, then we don't need to associate, yeah? We don't need to to fit in with them, change our ways to find a sense of belonging. That's not what we're about. So that was that was the lesson. I guess that's the message from this. That's the message from this episode. Who cares? what shoes you wear or what clothes you buy. Who cares if others find offense in your thoughts or opinions? Who cares uh, about the way that we conduct ourselves or live our life? If it's not pleasing to everyone, who 
cares. This is me. This is what I do. This is who I am. I think if we can stop focusing all our attention and efforts on pleasing others, we will be better off. Instead, we can use our time to do what we love, to operate how we wish to be. And only then will the results that we desire start coming to fruition. My final thoughts, guys, are that we need to do work we love. We need to work with people that respect us and that we respect in return. Work with those who are excited and as passionate as you are about whatever you're working towards. Don't try and fit in for the sake of fitting in. Quality relationships are a fundamental human need, but they won't grow into quality relationships if you cannot first be yourself. You will be more productive and produce higher results in both business and in life when you live aligned with your values. Effectiveness in life comes from being purposeful. This is, there is very little purpose in trying to please everyone or being someone who you are not. So that is my thoughts, guys. I hope it's inspired you. There's a few quotes that I'd just like to leave you with as we roll into the outro for this episode. This is a quote by Steve Jobs. The only way to do great work is to do the work you love. Here's one from Eminem. I say what I want to say. Sorry. I say what I want to say. I do what I want to do. There is no in-between. People will either love you for it or hate you for it. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, guys and girls. That is my solo rant for this week. Guys, I really hope you enjoyed it. I hope you've received some value. Guys, it is my goal, it's my wish that each of these episodes that I do, you are left feeling a little bit more inspired, perhaps even a little bit more educated. I want to really share with you my thoughts, my perspectives, the things that I'm learning, perhaps even some tools and practices that can help you transition from a life with unease, a life that is sufferable, a life that is maybe filled with hate or regret, to a life that is beautiful, a life that has a deeper sense of joy and happiness present at each moment, regardless of the pleasure or pain that you might be experiencing in that given moment. Guys, if you love The Hidden Why, if you love what I'm doing here, you can support the show in a number of different ways. Firstly, you can subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast and subscribe to my newsletter at thehiddenwhy.com. If you have the time and haven't already, you can leave us a review on iTunes. It's a one to five star review with a quick comment. You can also connect with me, guys. I love your feedback. I love your suggestions. I love your comments. So connect with me at thehiddenwhy.com. You can leave comments in any of the show notes that you listen to there. You can also reach me directly through my email address and then in any of the social media platforms available there. You can also support the show by using the Amazon links within each of the show notes. And that does help support the show. Guys, that's really it. Other than that, go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose. And in doing so, you will discover your hidden why. You will discover a life with greater meaning, freedom, fulfillment, and happiness. Thank you.